This is Motley Fool Answers. I'm Allison Southwick, joined by Robert Brokamp, personal finance expert here at The Motley Fool. He's also too shy to tell you that he's the advisor on Motley Fool's Rule Year Retirement Newsletter. It's pretty good. It's all right. Of all the newsletters I write, it's one of the better ones. I, I can get behind that. That's the only one I write. When it comes to saving enough for retirement, it can be really easy to let the pessimism sink in. But today, bro is the chipper little Pollyanna in pigtails who's here to challenge all those negative thoughts in your head. And no, I will not be doing the voices, but Marguerite will. We have a special guest. <laughs> And then I will ask our stable of foolish financial planners to tell me their best tip to save more and spend less in 2016. All that and more on this week's episode of Motley Fool Answers. So when bro's not busy tweeting, Instagramming, vining, Snapchatting, or whatever else the kids are doing these days, what are the kids doing these days, Mark? Tinder. That's what I like to do. (laughs) We've I talked do, about that before. I do very few of those things, except for maybe Facebook. Mm-hmm. Well, that's right. That's right, because... A recent trip to Facebook made Bro very sad. And yeah. it wasn't because of all of his Farmville crops perishing in a freak nuclear reactor incident. Bro, tell us what made you sad. So, uh, I was looking at my Facebook page, and I saw an ad from Personal Capital, which is a company that will manage your money for you, um, and it's offering a retirement planner. So as the ad there, you know, use this planner and figure out whether you're on track. Okay, fine. But then I was reading the comments of that people appended to the ad, and it, I would say at least half of them were very pessimistic about retirement, very cynical, not much hope, I'll never be able to retire. And it, it did make me sad because I've been doing my job of some sort of giving, giving some sort of advice for probably almost 20 years now, and I know it's possible. And I'm not actually a naturally optimistic guy, but I know it's possible. But what I was really concerned about is that this skepticism might be turning people off from doing anything. So I wanted to address some of the main concerns people had. Maybe the people out there have some of those concerns as well, or maybe they know people who do. Here's what to think about to turn that retirement frown upside down. How there that? you go, that our little yeah. ray of sunshine. <laughs> there you go. And like I said, we brought in Mark Reith to help us actually read. These are the real comments that people posted. And uh, they are terrible. They are. They're pretty bad. They're pretty bad. So we're relying on him. Mark, you uh, host Market Foolery along with Chris Hill, don't you? Every now and then. So you have a... A voice and radio talent. I have a face for radio, as my parents like to say. But yes, I also do have the radio voice. If you want me to do some trolls, I could do some trolls. You can do some troll voices? Oh, yeah. This is very exciting. All right, so the first, let's see, theme that we're going to go after is the idea that I'll never be able to save enough. Mark, take it away. If all goes well, at this rate, I should have enough saved up to retire by the time I'm 389. I don't think anyone can afford to retire nowadays, unless you're part of the 1% retirement. Do people still get that? Was that Yoda? Was that Yoda doubting his <laughs> That was a drunken Yoda. That was Yoda on two packs a day. <laughs> don't worry, there's plenty more where that came from. Even the force, you <laughs> the force can't help your 401k. Uh, my experience is that people say this type of stuff when maybe they read an article that said you need millions of dollars to retire, or maybe they ran through a retirement calculator and it said they needed to save like half their income. So they figure, well, why bother? Um, and first of all, you don't really need that much money to retire. And I often find when people use retirement calculators, they do incorrectly. The truth is, if you're saving 10% or so of your income 
you're probably okay. And even if you can't, you're going to get closer to where you want to be if you start some. And I want to point out, I don't think people appreciate the many benefits of contributing to a retirement account besides just that you have a little extra money in the account. So, according to Fidelity, the average person contributes 8% to their 401k. So, on a dollar percentage, on dollar wise, it's about $6,500. Great, they put that money in. Fortunately, most people also get a match, and the average for that is $3,000. So, now you've moved that up to $9,500. If you put it in a traditional 401k, you're in the 25% tax bracket, you've also cut your tax bill by $1,600. But the other thing about saving for retirement means that you have to learn to live on less, right? If you're going to put $6,500 away in an account, you have to learn to cut your expenses by $6,500. When you learn to live on less, you can retire sooner because you don't have as many expenses to cover in retirement. Put another way, if, if you need $50,000 a year in retirement, you need a smaller nest egg than someone who needs $60,000. So, if you learn to live on less, you can retire sooner. All right, so the second theme that you discovered is this idea that the stock market is a scam and that the system is rigged and Wall Street is always going to win versus you, the individual investor. Mark, what did people have to say about that? <clears throat> I like the ad on TV when the guy said, How much money do you have in your pocket? And if you invested it, how much would you have made over the years? Then he shows you all those blocks over the years getting higher and higher. Where are the blocks for the market crash of 2000 and 2008? What a bunch of crap. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that on radio? I think so. Perfect. I just want to say, um, oh, there's two others. Sorry. There are, but they get a little bit more <laughs> out there. And then the bankers can steal it. Presumably your money. Sure. And more bleep from the Reich. Which I think they're talking about Nazi Germany, not the famed economist Robert Reich. That's my interpretation as well. Yeah. I think they're equating Wall Street <laughs> with the Third Reich. That's what I think he's hmm. saying there. Hmm. I think what a lot of people feel when it comes to investing is that there's these guys on Wall Street with really sweet suits and like knowledge and terminals, and they're trading stocks, and they've got all the insider information. And as an individual investor, it's just not a level playing field. And how can you possibly win on Wall Street when some guy is, well... Up in his ivory tower. Up in his ivory tower, if <sighs> you will. A shiny glass building in New York City. So, what do you tell them? Well, I would say, first of all, there's plenty of reason to be skeptical of whether it's someone on Wall Street or even the, the local financial advisor. I mean, we've talked about before how uh, financial advisors and other people who might be managing money are compensated in a way that maybe doesn't put your interests first. Right. And so, and studies have established this, that, that advisors tend to recommend mutual funds that pay them higher than other funds, even though those other funds might have been better yeah. for the client. Imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> Um, so, if you are skeptical of retirement plan because you don't want to have to work with these people, the solution is don't do it. Many people have come to the Motley Fool after being burned by brokers. That's part of where some of my, my favorite long-term members have come from. They realized they got ripped off and they said, I need to figure out what I'm doing. What they did is they became educated. In last week's episode, we talked about higher levels of financial literacy are associated with higher levels of wealth. Most of the stuff you can do on your own. Become educated. My newsletter, if I have to recommend I'm it. I'm not going to twist your arm. Um, you don't have to. We've mentioned personal finance for dummies, stocks for the long run. Do you, Mark, have a favorite investing book? 
Uh, personal finance for dummies really does speak to me on a lot of levels. <laughs> it feels like it was written for me. Right. And, and for the people who are skeptical of the stock market, that's totally understandable. Um, the bear markets of 2000, 2008 were very um, distressing for a lot of people, especially if you're close to or in retirement. But you should remember, in the end, they, the market has recovered since then. And if you don't want to go through some sort of financial advisor of Wall Street, it's very easy just to get a low cost index fund, a target retirement fund, and just stick with it. All right. The next theme, theme number three that Brokamp noticed, was the idea that you won't be able to retire because of the economy or because of the Democrats or the Republicans. Yeah. Unless wages climb, someone decides to create good paying jobs, retirement is as useless a term as investments. Another person said, How do you plan for retirement when the currency is collapsing? (laughs) And another, Every Republican running for president except Huckabee supports raising the retirement age, privatizing Social Security, and slowly taking away Medicare. Democrats support protecting your Social Security money and keeping Medicare. Vote your best interest. Vote blue. But another guy disagreed. Democrats are a happy bunch until they run out of other people's <laughs> money to spend. Uh, yeah, so we see this we see this all the time in the Molly Fool in the comments appended to our articles. Many of these things often turn political. Um, imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> and the thing to remember here is um, Democrats and Republicans have been things that have been afflicting our country for decades. And Democrats met- <laughs> and Republicans have been afflicting our nation for decades? Like is that Ebola. what you just said? <laughs> yes, that's what I said. And we've managed to do okay. Um, you always want to avoid making big financial decisions based on your predictions of what's going to happen in politics or the economy. The one person brought up the currency collapsing. Well, actually, it's doing quite the opposite. Uh, many people made investment decisions based on fear of runaway inflation because of what the Fed did in the Great Recession. Well, we've had the complete opposite. So, all those people who sold stocks and went into gold, it didn't work out well for them. So, the main point here is you may not like who's in the White House. You may not like one aspect of what is going on in the economy. But the bottom line is, don't make major decisions based on that. Stick with your standard plan. Well, we talked about it before, how like when Obama was elected, Everyone was like, go to solar stocks, buy wind energy, invest, invest, because he's going to be huge for those stocks. And they haven't done well at all. My favorite example is the member told me that when Obama was elected in 2009, he sold all his stocks because Obama is a socialist and he's going to have the government take all private property. And that, of course, was the worst time to sell your stocks because that's when the stock market bottomed and it's just about doubled since then. Yeah, Hmm. bottom line, you just can't predict. What's going to happen based on who's sitting in the White House or Congress or the Fed? Right. All right. Next and final theme. It's along the idea of I won't be able to retire until I'm dead. <laughs> I have a simple five letter retirement plan D E A T H. Another person said, I'm going to be 96 taking orders at McDonald's. And finally, easy. Work till you're 110, then you will be good for life. So sad. So depressing. It is so sad. And here's a situation where I'm going to half agree with people. Hmm. Oh. And that is, the average retirement age now is age 62, according to a recent Gallup poll. Um, Yet, we're living longer. And it just makes sense that if we're living longer, we should expect to work longer as well. And um, a study from the Boston Center for 
retirement research found that really people should be retiring around age 70. Oh. Because that's the point at which you maximize your Social Security benefit. Uh Um, That gives you many more years to contribute to your accounts, many more years to pay down your mortgage, which is huge. If you can go into retirement without your mortgage, that's awesome. Hmm. If you retire at 62 and you live to 95, that's a long time to be living off your portfolio. Frankly, the, the, the longer you put off retirement, the less you're going to have to live off your portfolio. 110, here I come. Right. So for people who, for people, you're not going to make it that long, Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> My liver alone. Will you're take burning me down the candle then. at both ends. Yeah, you're not wrong. So even if you can't save enough to retire at 62, if that's the age, as long as you're saving something, it'll give you options. You may have to work to age 70. I saw a study the other day that said it, the average age actually will rise to 73. It's not a horrible thing. But if you have some money, you have a choice. You might be able to retire partially. So you can do half the year or just do seasonal work, something like that. But don't let the fact that you may not be able to retire at age 62 deter you from saving something. I wanted to end on a positive story. And uh, I'm going to ask Mark to stick around because this is a story from one of him and mine favorite fans of the podcast. Killian! Hi, Killian! Oh my god, Killian, if you're listening, we are huge fans of you. Well, hopefully she knows that by now. The reason why Mark and I love Killian so much is um, she's been emailing the shows for a little while, and one of the things that she emailed Mark was that she was tallying every time you would say, you know, or when anyone would say, you know, on the show. That was uh, that was Chris Hill. Chris Hill and I both have our own little verbal tics. If you ever listen to the shows, you'll often hear me say the words, fair enough. Fair enough. At the end of a story. Yes, that's Just true. As a transition to the next story, Chris Hill's verbal tick is, you know, and it'll launch into a story or a stat or to the next topic. Uh, And so Killian, uh, who is an avid listener, took the time to actually tally up all the times Chris Hill said, you know, in all of the shows across The Motley Fool. It was a staggering number. I don't remember. I don't have it in front of me. But it was, A, very entertaining to see, and B, a little horrifying to see. How how many you knows there were? Oh, yeah. So then you... So, by the way, is my transitional verbal tick, which I just did right there for you guys. Mm-hmm. You, the next show you did the next day, you tried to work in as many you knows as possible, didn't you? I believe I got five you knows in in the first minute of the show. <laughs> and I feel pretty good about that. So we love Killian because she's a lot of fun and um, she keeps us honest. And hopefully, you're saying fair enough less. Probably not. I, th- I think I said it once the last show, actually. <laughs> One, once a show's not bad, it's yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, well, I want to tell you Killian's story because it's a really great story for all those of you out there who think that you're never going to be able to retire. This is Killian's own words. About 12 years ago, I realized that as a baby boomer, retirement was roaring down on me like a runaway train. I was working as a nurse and making good money, but somehow had managed to get myself in a situation where I, when I had no savings and was 26000 in credit card debt. I listened to the Motley Fool radio show that was carried on my local public radio station and reading the column in the paper. I started paying down the debt and putting money into the retirement plan at work. As retirement drew even closer, I learned approximately what my expected income would be from pension and Social Security, so I trimmed my lifestyle to match. I put the maximum allowable into the IRA and used anything left over from day-to-day expenses to pay down the debt. I opened a small online investment account to apply what I was learning. I limited my number of stocks to fewer than 10 and had a buy-it-and-forget-it approach. I just looked at my portfolio, and my current gain is 18.05 overall, so I'm doing okay. 
Casino gambling doesn't appeal to me, but investing as a hobby does. I never invested more than I could afford to lose. I don't look at my portfolio as very often, but when I do, I'm happy with my bets. Hmm. One of her bets was buying Netflix at 20. So Damn! <laughs> that works out all right. Shoot, son. All right. When I retired two years ago, so that means... In 10 years, she was able to save enough for retirement. Hmm. When I retired two years ago, I was debt-free and had a nice nest egg, which I have bequeathed to my favorite niece to give her a start in life. I live within my income. I have enough money left over for the occasional cruise. I live simply, spend all my discretionary time and income on books, music, and classes I take for pleasure. I owe a great deal of my current happiness to what I learned from The Motley Fool. My motto, it's never too late to have a happy childhood. Yay! That's Jillian, awesome. you rock. You do. Isn't she the best? The uh, studies on financial literacy that we talked about last week um, from Anna Maria Lusardi and Olivia Mitchell, they have also done studies that have shown that people who do plan for retirement are more likely to reach their goals. And she clearly did that. She took a look at how much she was going to get from Social Security, from pensions. She looked at her spending, and she decided what she was going to do about that. So it's a great demonstration of doing that. And there is something in psychology called, I think it's the Zygarnik effect. This is because you what? Yes. This is a Spell that for us. Oh, I will. Uh, but the point of it is this, is in our minds we have goals. And if we haven't accomplished those goals, it's an open loop and it causes us stress. Making a plan actually reduces the stress. For, so for all those people who are stressed out about their retirement and having all this pessimism, even just coming up with some basic plan is going to make you feel better about it, and it's going to increase your chances of success. You can do this. Oh, you can. You can do this. There's no reason why not. So get off Facebook, <laughs> stop leaving your pessimist comments, yeah. and make it happen. <laughs> now you're just making random noises. Don't worry, be happy. According to a recent survey, spend less and save more is the third most popular New Year's resolution, which is behind lose weight and get organized. What were your guys? Did you guys have any New Year's resolutions? Uh, lose weight and get organized. Was it really? No, it's just lose weight. Actually, it's a uh, dry January. I'm uh, I'm not drinking for the entire month of January. Great way to save money. Great way to save my liver. What about you, bro? Did you have any New Year's resolutions? I'm going back to my P and P diet, my protein and produce, meaning I'm just sticking with lean meats. Carrots, <laughs> things like that. No carbs, no bread, things like that. Cutting it all out. Cutting it all out. Good for and you. And I've done it before. It's how I managed to lose about 25 pounds a few years ago. I'm not back at that weight, but I just feel better mm-hmm. when I'm not eating a bunch of junk. So, no junk. All right, cool. Uh, I didn't make any New Year's resolutions. I'm not really big on them. So. Because you're perfect. I understand. It's inspiring, Allison. Thank you for sharing. Look at this face. This face is perfect. I should tell our listeners that I'm extremely sick right now, and I have pink eye. So, yeah, I'm crushing it in 2016 so far. (laughs) This is going to be a great year. All right, but we're not going to talk about losing weight and getting organized. I decided to head down to the first floor at Full HQ and check out our stable of Full Wealth Financial Planners. Full Wealth a sister company of The Motley Fool, Mm -hmm. for their best piece of advice to spend less and save more in 2016. And here's what they had to say. Hi, my name's Mike Padilla. I'm a financial parent planner at The Motley Fool. I'd argue that you could accomplish all three objectives, you know, organizing your life, saving more and spending less, 
and losing weight by simply planning your meals a week in advance. Um, you know, it's been proven that if you go to the grocery store with a specific list of items that you're trying to purchase, you're less likely to deviate from those items and you're more resistant to kind of those impulse type purchases. We use Pinterest for recipe ideas. There's a couple other great websites out there like gatheredtable.com if you can actually plan your whole you know, shopping list and menu and have it on your iPhone. My name is Daniel Maseka. I'm a certified financial planner with Motley Fool Wealth Management. And I think the easiest way to be better with your money in 2016 is to put your savings on autopilot. So no matter how small, have some portion of your checking go out into a savings account uh, every month that you don't have to think about. And uh, putting it somewhere that's hard to get to to make it less tempting to transfer it back in is better. My name is Max Hacker. I'm a financial planner at The Motley Fool. Uh, I think a great way to save more and spend less in 2016 is to start tracking your spending. You can't manage what you don't measure. Uh, I typically measure my spending and keep it in a notebook, and then I do transfer it to an Excel spreadsheet and start to look at ways I can make incremental changes over time. Thanks to Mike Padilla, Dan Maseka, and Max Hacker coolest name at the motley fool thanks again all you guys down in full wealth we appreciate it and that's all we've got for today mark thanks for joining us thank you mark it was awesome thanks for having me your voices are kind of crazy but uh i think it was better because my voices tend to uh get really awful really quick so yours just start off awful and stay there we'll we'll duet next time we'll uh we'll 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 take this together yeah yeah we could have like a voices off i like that somehow (laughs) bro can vote on the uh, worst voice of 2016 I've got some good ones I can bring to the table. I didn't even bring, I, I gave you 50%, please. Yeah, plenty more that's came from. <laughs> All right, the show is edited optimistically by Rick Engdahl. Our email is answers at fool.com. For Robert Brokamp, I'm Allison Southwick. Fool on. Fool on.